speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you all, I was raised in a tradition that did not particularly observe church seasons, and when I discovered the Episcopal Church, which was a great gift to me, uh, I found that I really enjoyed this time that we have with church seasons to really focus on the reason for the season, to think about what these seasons have to tell us about the journey of faith, about the spiritual life, about the tradition that we have. So each of the seasons, it seems to me, asks us questions about where we are in the journey of faith. Right, Charlotte? <laughs> the Christmas season asks us to think about what it means that God took on human form and what that example of humility might mean for us. Lent asks us to think about what we've left undone that we ought to have done and how we might be called to change and to grow. The Easter season asks us to think about possibilities of new life, even when we think we're at a totally dead end, that there is the possibility of threshold. And for me, Advent asks about the direction in which we are headed. What are we expecting? What are we looking for? What are we hoping for? And I'm wondering how you hear those kind of Advent questions this morning. They come with special force on the second week of Advent when we meet John the Baptist, who is all about asking people the direction in which they're headed. He is one of the most eccentric characters in the Bible, and that's saying a lot. He gets a lot of airtime in the Gospels. He gets a lot of airtime in the church calendar, which lets us know that he has something to teach us something to tell us. Uh, he offers a baptism of repentance, which actually is all about direction. The word repentance means to turn around, to hang a U-turn, to recalculate spiritually. And I love in Western art, in the history of Western art, when you see depictions of John the Baptist, he stands there with his arm out, his index finger pointed, and invariably he's pointing to Jesus. And he's saying, that is the direction you're supposed to go. Um, his message offered in each one of the gospels echoes the message as we heard of the prophet Isaiah. So he knew his scripture. Uh, it is a call to prepare the way. And that kind of talk about preparing the way actually sets the stage for the Jesus movement, for the early church. Early church, first Christians were not called Christians. It was not even really called the church. The movement that followed Jesus was called people of the way which means that they were in transition. They were going somewhere. They were headed in a direction. They were hoping for something. They were looking for something. And John the Baptist tells folks to get ready for that something to happen. And to underscore the message and the ministry of John the Baptist, this morning we have the privilege of celebrating holy baptism and baptizing, baptizing Charlotte as we welcome her into the house, that's you, as we welcome you into the household of faith. 
this service, which is called a rite of initiation, it's really about pointing people in a particular direction. It is about launching people, like Charlotte, on a journey. And as friends and family gather here, as a whole community gathers here, it's, all about what, it's also about what we hope for her and what we hope for this community. So in the service in, in a few moments, you're going to hear a whole bunch of questions, good Advent questions, because they are all about the direction in which we are headed. Now, included in those series of questions, we have a series of renunciations and affirmations. We have in the prayer book three of them, uh, three of each, but we have records from the fourth century of the church where the renunciations and affirmations like went on and on and on. This was an all-night service. People sometimes complain if we go over an hour. Folks, this service was really a big deal, and it went on forever all night long on Easter Eve, and baptismal candidates would begin by making renunciations of Satan and evil forces in the world and evil forces in us, and uh, they would even spit on the ground to when the, when the name Satan was mentioned. But here's the interesting detail for me. When they would say these renunciations, these things that they renounced, they would face west. They would face the place where the sun went down. They, were they would face the place where uh, night, uh, with the advent of night, of, of evening. And then they had a long series of affirmations, things that they would affirm putting their trust in Jesus, trusting in his grace and love, following him as Lord. That's how it's reduced in our service. And what they would do, this is so awesome, what they would do. So they're saying the renunciation's facing this direction. They get to the affirmations, they turn 180 degrees. And they begin to say these positive statements about what they hope for, where they want to go, what direction they want to go in. And if the liturgist was any good, that was the moment when, when the sun was breaking the horizon. That was the moment of dawn. That is where we get sunrise services. That is where we get the word orientation to say we are headed towards the east. Look to the light. That is what this service uh, is, is in many ways about. Those, those positive commitments about turning to the light. And that's what we're invited to do in baptism. That is what we're invited to do in Advent. As we hear the call of John the Baptist to repent, to prepare the way of the Lord. So this service in which we welcome Charlotte into the household of faith, it's not just for Charlotte. It's not just for her family and friends. It is given for all of us to take stock of the direction in which we are headed. So let me ask you to think about these Advent questions. First, what will you and I do to answer the call of Isaiah and John the Baptist, prepare the way? I invite you to take this season in which all, against all the cultural pressures, uh, we are invited to slow down and be quiet. Easier said than done, right? To think about how we might prepare for the coming of Jesus into our lives. And think with John and think with Isaiah about the valleys in your own life that need to be exalted to help that happen.
And think about what hills, what obstacles need to be brought low. What rough places need to be made plain? Or for New Yorkers, what spiritual potholes need to be filled? I suspect in each of our lives there are those forces, those obstacles that draw us from receiving and expressing the love of God. How might we just get those out of the way? Making a highway for our God. Second, in this process of preparation, second Advent question, where do we need to repent or to make a course correction? Take the season that invites contemplation to think about the direction you are headed. What do your calendar, what do your financial statements reveal about your hopes and expectations? Are there ways you are being called to change direction? We just had a forum in which I talked about Joseph, as in Joseph and Mary, a guy I call who understood that life is what happens instead of what you plan. Again and again, as Joseph listened to God's messengers, to those angels, he had to change course, which meant that he was key in bringing light and love into the world. Finally, what does it look like to turn to the light? Like those affirmations, right? Savor the season of anticipation to consider where you see light dawning, even if it's only the faintest glimmer, like maybe those two candles up there. So I have this, I have this parable of the Advent season, which comes from riding the subways prior to the time when they had those uh, boards which tell you when the next train is arriving. I'm thinking of those times when on a cold winter morning, the train would just not arrive. And the platform would get fuller and fuller. And I'm on my way to work and I'm getting anxious and I'm getting angry at the mayor and the universe. And <laughs> I'm joined by a bunch of other people who are feeling the same way. And then looking up into the absolute darkness of the tunnel, on the track, you just see the faintest glimmer of light. And my experience in that moment was I just relaxed. The train was not here yet. It was still on the way, but there was hope. The light was breaking in with sense of hope of the possibility that I would get where I needed to go. And Advent is sort of like that. We see the beginning of this light dawning, telling us that the light of the world, the one who is, whose life is the light, is coming to us and showing us life and showing us love and showing us how to show love. That's, a hope of, of that. That's the hope of getting where I need to go. So the world in which we live can certainly look like that dark tunnel. And we are called to look to the light. John the Baptist helps us do that as he points to Jesus, the light coming into the world. This community, the community in which Charlotte is going to be baptized, exists in the confidence that Jesus gives us that light. So I invite you to take the rest of this season to ask yourself these Advent questions. How are you going to prepare the way for Christ's coming? 
Where do you need to make a spiritual U-turn? And how can you, in your life, in ways great and small, turn to the light? Amen.